are you schizos out there? Thanks for joining in this week. This has been one of my favorite episodes of all time to write. And even though the topic of war lends a bitter feel, I promise to tread lightly. With everything going wrong in this crazy dysfunctional world, I'd like to extend prayers to the many millions of people around the world who are suffering at the hands of war. Without further ado, I bring you Darius and Raphael's views on war as they wage one on each other. Enjoy DR Schizo's episode four, War. It's almost that time again, the November primaries. The battle for congressional seats are upon us. Numerous attack ads have infiltrated our senses. Bold accusations and flagrant lies blaze through the headlines. Exposures of some of the most scandalous scandals, name-calling, and admonishing finger-pointing are displayed for the world to consume. They climb into the late-night commercials, flare up an email blast, and explode in viral trends on most of the popular digital social platforms. Creative conspiracies run amok. The armies are taking stock of their munitions. Right-wing conservatives have an arsenal of weapons at the ready, such as record-high inflation rates record high crime rates, and record high gas prices. The left is armed with proposed gun reform, women's rights to their body, and protection against voter suppression. Conflict has reached a feverish pitch. War is inevitable. War does not determine who is right, only who is left. Drones carrying explosives fly into a school killing hundreds of men, women, and children. Images of destruction play out on digitized screen for the world to consume. Bodies are buried in long, shallow ditches. The Russian-Ukrainian war has been building since 2014. Eight years of conflicting accusations, attack propaganda, and admonishing finger-pointing resulting in war. The downsides of war besides death is the death of hope itself. The spoils of war include rape, enslavement, torture, and material possessions from raids. The purpose of war is to dominate and to render a submission to power. In peace, sons bury their fathers. In war, it's the other way around. My sanity is under attack. At every turn, he who shall not be named has exploited my weaknesses and shattered my defenses. I'm now in control of my body less than a quarter of the time. The stupor wants my peaceful retreat now becomes my jailer. I realized too late the plan that was laid. I knowingly bared my soul to be slayed. I now understand the price that I paid. I wake to my stupor to damages made. Winter is coming. Ten days. Ten days was all it took to completely change my life. I had languished in the stupor for ten whole, glorious, curious, frightened days. By far the longest stretch I had ever given him control. I rose to unfamiliar surroundings. I was in a town I had never been, a state I had only seen on the map. I awoke in a dilapidated house full of fake birds decorated by a madwoman. My heart started racing while my feet began pacing. I tried to recall what had happened when the familiar sinister voice taunted. Memories slowly materialized into my consciousness. At first I felt a sense of relief for the first few recollections at all. Relief soon turned to horror when I realized what had taken place. The dead body of a stranger tripped me as I paced about aimlessly. It sent me tumbling face first to the uneven hardwood floor. My nose erupted like lava from an active volcano. I lifted my head and looked up into open eyes that had no shine. I scrambled into a nearby corner in fear and vomited in kind. 
Shots fired, little bitch. The battle is on. I'm here to wreak havoc. It's time you get gone. Nothing left here forever. Nothing left here for you. Your ties I have severed. Friends first, then family. Now your body too. Look at the dead body, you cower in fear. Behold my power. Winter is here. It's been said that the two most powerful warriors are patience and time. Well, I possess both. I waited patiently for my time. I lied to his friends and cultivated mistrust like spoiled milk. I shattered his ties with his family through a series of calculated systemic betrayals. I took control of his finances, or should I say mine, since I was the relentless drive behind their substantial accrual. I displaced us both to a house thousands of miles away from his home, applied for a job and invented a whole new life unbeknownst to him and right under his nose. Now, I will frame him for murder. Even though I stole this body from the morgue, I would have gladly dispatched some weak slob from the earth. All is fair in love and war. To the victor goes the spoils. My plan to imprison him in my void hinged upon the hopes that his will to go on would crumble. He would become submissive so that I could break him forever. I had no use for his weakness. Every war had its prisoners, and he would be mine. There are at least 10 to 15 active wars happening around the globe on any given day. The latest Israeli Hamas slaughter promises many more to come. Why should we care about the Ukrainians or the Russians for that matter? What's in it for us besides good relations? We've only had a relationship with Ukraine for about 31 years, not even a generation's worth of diplomacy. The beef between the two is of no concern to us when we have a race war going on here right in our own backyard. The amount of aid that we have given them could have gone to stamping out the growing hunger problem we face today. Along with various major conflicts and wars, we have many wars closer to heart and just as damaging. There's the war of the races. We have the right versus the left, the haves versus the have-nots, the Christians versus the Jews, the immigrants versus pretty much everyone else, and to a lesser degree, but most notable, sons against fathers and men against women, whatever happened to the war on drugs in the 80s. Every day there is a war. It has always been and will always be. War is eternal. Only the dead have seen the end of war. I somehow managed to crawl my way from the corner, avoiding the lifeless gaze. I slipped and slithered through my own vomit and blood and into a kitchen I did not know. Initially, I was in a dense fog. What memories I drew were hazy, but enough was sketched out in my mind to assume what I had supposedly done here. It took me more than a few minutes to realize the truth. A recent stint while trapped in the stupor, pivotal revelations were revealed to me. I became curious. I found my strength by reminding myself that I was in control of my fate. The body belonged to me. The epiphany that was of most importance towards my rebellion stemmed from an earlier conclusion. Raphael could not be trusted. Raphael was in fact that same inner voice that I had grown skeptic of from the early days of the pandemic. The one that betrayed me in a most credulous way. My sus propelled me to probe inward and toward the inner realm of Raphael's function and thought. He was created by me. He was created for me. His function was to keep me alive. All beneficial facts. His birth, much like a newborn's, he would create a life of his own. 
and eventually he would want to exist on his own. I probed further and discovered his memories echoed mine in pivotal moments of my life. Memories similar in time, people, places, and situations only. The perspective was amazingly starkly, darkly different. I began drawing on the hazy memories once more after I regained my composure. I honed in on the abstractness of them keenly and discovered them to be carefully constructed perspectives of memories that had not happened. They were lined up in succession so as to create a sinister narrative. A narrative designed to make me lose my mind. I vowed to return the favor in kind. I worked my way backwards in time remembering the actual events. The time from my awakening until the moment of my imprisonment. I discovered his attempted deception in my eleventh hour of despair. I discovered his plan. I discovered his rage. But my most notable feat? I discovered my voice. STOP! Just fucking stop! I yelled aloud to the empty house. It's not gonna work. I want my fucking life back. The rage within Raphael erupted, igniting a blazing fire within me. For the first time in a long time, I felt a surge of hope rise up alongside it. This, in turn, activated my adrenaline, forcing my entire existence to claiming ownership over every cell of my body. Raphael was subsequently ejected and forced into the void that I had just vacated. Not having realized the coup's tenuous accomplishment fully, he was stunned into serene silence. I waited a few minutes, listening. I probed for his presence. Hope planted its seed and exploded into full blossom. I became even more emboldened by the feet. The inner voice, my true inner voice of reason, cautioned me into action. I retrieved my cellular phone and dialed 911. Hope springs eternal when your back's against the wall. The drive of survival is greatest before the fall. The last gasp for air as you were about to go under. Where there is lightning, pay attention to thunder. Life is worth living as long as you want more. All is not lost, even during the war. I've come to the conclusion that war is a necessary evil. It was the first rationale or perspective that I had found in common with his. Sometimes things need to blow up in order to be fixed. When two opposing sides cannot reach a compromise and action is warranted for survivor, war is essential. When it's not enough to agree to disagree, when you don't have a choice, you fight for all it's worth. When it's down to existence. This war has its battles and battles will fall as they rise. I will recharge gaining strength by pretend compromise. As stated previously, the greatest warriors are patience and time. I have both on my side. I'm waiting to rise. Damn, it went down like that? Body snatching from the morgue? I thought only vampires and necrophiliacs did that. But yo, I digress. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode on war. So answer me this. Does war have to wage in any circumstance? When is turning the other cheek not an option? What is the justifications for war? Things that make you go, hmm. Well, if you care to comment or read other people's opinions on the matter, check out the blog on drschizo.com. You can also order the book Pretty Ugly Blues, The Dark Side. I'm running a Christmas special, so snatch your copy up today. If you order from the website, I'll be able to sign it for you. So not the case on Amazon or any other platform it's on. Well, that's it for me. But before you go, remember, if you or a loved one is suffering from mental illness, please, 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 I implore you, seek medical help from a qualified mental health professional. And with that, take
take care of yourselves. See you next week.